There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is our Thursday edition of the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. We are here in Black Creek, New York, recording at the Liberty Behind Bars studio. We certainly thank the Lord for Brother Dale Moore, his wife Amy, children Luke and Autumn. Thankful for the ministry God has given them. That's the Liberty Behind Bars ministry. And uh, we certainly appreciate them. We thank the Lord for what he's doing uh, through them, in them, in the ministry, in the prison ministry here in the state of New York. And of course, that's with local preaching. But then outside of New York, by devotionals and sending of Bibles, if you're interested, why don't you contact them at onesoulatatime.net. Also at onesoulatatime.net, you'll find information concerning messages and preaching, but also about the prison ministry. And so we're here using their office. We certainly appreciate them. We thank the Lord for that. We'll be here this morning at 10 o'clock preaching. Either myself or Brother R.G. Rose will be preaching tonight, then at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and then Sunday we move uh, up to the service up to Akron, New York. And we look forward to being with the folks in Akron, be there through Friday as well. And we just thank the Lord for his goodness. Thank the Lord for the privilege we have to be in the house of God and be under the preaching. And we certainly rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. I'm going to ask a hypothetical question. I'm not one of these uh, foolish and unlearned question people. I hope not. But I do want to ask a very serious question, and I'm going to kind of answer that with the word of God. It may seem a little silly at first, but I just hope you bear with me on this. If you're out in the desert, you're parched, you've been out there in the burning sun, you're lost in the desert of Nevada, and you've been out there for three, four days, nothing to drink, you realize you're soon wasting away, you don't have long to live, and you stumble upon a six-pack of beer out in the desert, what do you do? And that's one of the questions, you know, age-old questions people ask, what do you do? Do circumstances outweigh the law? Do circumstances outweigh these matters? And then I complicate it by saying, well, what if it was Bud Light? What would you do? In verse 1 of chapter 12 of Matthew, at that time Jesus went on through the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were in hunger and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. Now this is how you're going to answer your question. You have to answer it according to your own conscience, by the way. You know, you're going to drink that beer to save your life. You're just going to... Uh, perish the thought, you're just going to you know, you know, renounce those hidden things of dishonesty, what are you going to do? Are you going to avoid the beer because it's Bud Light, because they support transgender, and you just go ahead and, and thirst to death in the desert? You're going to take that beer. And of course, we all know that beer drinking's wrong, and even when he said give, take a little wine for that stomach's sake, he never said take a little beer for that stomach's sake. And I don't believe that anybody in their good conscience can drink a beer before the Lord today and, and have a clean conscience about that. I can't imagine how you would. But if you're out in the desert, you're parched, you're dying, what are you going to do? Jesus asked this. His disciples are out there hungered. They begin to pluck the corn and they begin to eat the ears of the corn. Why? They're hungry. But there's a problem with the Pharisees and the problem is that it's the Sabbath day. 
When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, well, it's interesting, by the way, I certainly hope when they saw them eating the corn that they weren't more than a mile from their home. And I certainly hope that their wife had not struck up a fire in their home, lest they also be violators of the law. I would assume they've not done these things. I would assume they're probably in town. They're at least a mile from their home, but they're watching Jesus Christ. They're watching to see what he's going to do. They're watching for folly. They're looking for fault, as people do. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was hungered, and they were with, with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Now David did ask about the sanctification of that bread, and he said what bread they had. And David inquired about those things, because he didn't want to be unlawful, but here his people are hungered. They're starving. What's the needful thing? What's the necessary thing? And they asked him, have you not read what David did? Yes, they've read that. They knew he was hungry. They were with him. But see, Pharisees are upholding the letter of the law. They're not going to lift a finger to help somebody with that. They're not going to take corn of their own pockets and feed his disciples. They've let them wander out there in hunger this whole time. But when they go into the corn, they're going to call into question. They're doing that which is not lawful. So here's my answer to the question. What do you do when you're out in the Nevada desert? You're on your fourth day without water. You're parched. You come around a six-pack of Bud Light. What are you going to do? Well, the, the, the obvious answer is don't drink it if the brethren can see you. Because that's where criticism comes in. That's where a lot of the pressure comes in. The reality is what person is not going to spare the life? What person wouldn't give their children a can of beer if it could save their life? But yet, I know it seems far-fetched. It seems like a, a strange hypothetical question, but really it kind of answers the question of what we're dealing with here. What is the needful thing? Well, if they perish, what good are they? If they die, what good are they? If you perish in the end, I realize the super saint is going to say, well, we'll just pray that God send in water and rain from heaven. And, and you know, and, and why would God put that in front of it? And yet there's all the questions and all the uh, foolish and unlearned questions about those things. But in the reality of it, there's things that God gives us in spite of us. There's things God does for us in spite of us. Could it be that God put the corn there to feed the disciples? First and foremost, that they might be uh, not, might not be famished, but secondly, that the word of God can be expounded. Because he then says in verse 5, Or have you not read in the law, how on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But they're the priest. Are we not high priests? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. What's the most important thing? What's the, what's the needful thing? And that's where the Pharisees don't lift their finger one bit to help somebody. They lay on them all the weighty matters of the law. They lay on them all their idealism and all their patterns and all their statutes, but they do not help them. He said they sit in Moses' seat. What does that mean? They're doing things that are lawful. But the problem is they use that law as a weapon not as a schoolmaster. And the law is to be a schoolmaster, not a weapon. Therefore, you do what your conscience tells you. You're out there in the desert. You see that six-pack laying there. Your family's parched. You're parched. You take that six-pack. You drink it. I don't think you'd have to ask forgiveness. I personally don't think you'd have to go do any penance. I don't think you'd have to go to confessional. I don't think you have to go take extra communion. I think you'd just be able to drink it with a clean conscience. You're not looking for pleasure. You're not looking for sin. Sure, you got some alcohol in your system. You say, well, what if you're a bishop? Well, then you might just want to repent. But if the brethren are there, oh my goodness, if the brethren are watching, you're in trouble. The brethren are there taking it because you have violated the law. You have violated that which was right. 
And you realize that your children dying of thirst really is probably not the best thing. I can't imagine any time where God would desire if you let your children thirst to death because of your law, because of your rules, because of your regulations. I don't believe that Jesus Christ's disciples uh, were to starve to death in lieu of eating the corn, but the Pharisees couldn't see it that way. They would rather them starve to death than violate the law of God. Is one great in the temple, but if you had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. And so what that's they've done, they've condemned the guiltless. Jesus Christ said they've done no wrong. Oh, they're eating corn on the Sabbath day. Oh, they're eating the corn and they couldn't. It was the Sabbath day and they were out there working with their hands. Oh, the shame, the reproach of it. But yet they're out there on the Sabbath day and they're sitting in the seat of Moses on the Sabbath day, judging unrighteously on the Sabbath. They don't see anything wrong with that. You've not condemned the guiltless. Why? Because God would have mercy. God's a God of mercy. The law is a law of mercy. God can show mercy through the law. He did that with David. David had no sacrifice for sin. There's no sacrifice for adultery. There's no sacrifice for murder. But what did God do? God showed him mercy. Why? David threw himself at the mercy of God. At the threshing floor of one and the Jebusite, when that angel has his hand over Jerusalem with that sword, is killing and slaying. And David threw himself at the mercy of God. When he departed thence, he went in to their synagogue. Why? He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Who is the Son of Man? He's Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus Christ the righteous. So again, I, I made a silly little illustration there to just kind of make a point, but there are some that dogmatically would, they'd say, no, my children will never touch that vile stuff. But if it's not in their heart to touch it, if it's not in their heart to be a drunkard, if it's not if they trust their daddy that he's going to save their life, I believe a man could find mercy with God in those things. But we've legalized everything where there's no mercy. We've followed the pattern of the Pharisees in this day and hour in which we live. In many places I go, you find entire churches live in the pattern of the Pharisees. But yet they won't raise one finger to help somebody. They will not do one thing to help them when they're famished, when they're starved, when they're thirsty. Did they go out in the desert and look for this person? No, they did not. Why? Because they were sitting in the judgment seat. They were sitting there waiting for someone to fall, waiting for someone to stumble. That's what they're doing with Jesus Christ. They're sitting there watching him, waiting for him to stumble, waiting for him to trip, waiting for him to do something wrong so they could call him out, and therefore they don't have to do what he says. And that's the same way with preachers today. Because people sit there and they look at his life, look at all the things he is and all the things he does, just waiting for that one time when he slips up, waiting for him in the desert to see him pick up that Bud Light can and even look at it. And they can go and tell the whole world, I saw the preacher in the desert. He picked up a Bud Light can. Oh, what a terrible thing. He supports transgender. And yet they're out there criticizing and they're out there slandering and they're out there deceiving. And they've not done one thing to help others. In verse 10, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? That's like saying, Is it lawful to save on the Sabbath day? I mean, it's a day of rest. And it's a day that you're not supposed to, to labor. It's not, you're not supposed to work. You're not supposed to go out there and, and perform things with your hands. So therefore, are we supposed to let this man go another day you withered? Uh, you know, I mean, God forbid we touch a blind person on the Sabbath day. This is a holy day. I see people do that with the Lord's day. I've seen them do that with Sundays. You know, these are holy days. There's things we don't do. And they, they make up a list of rules. And sometimes those things are just good things to do. You go to someone's house and they say, well, we don't let our children play outside of the Lord's day. Well, that's fine. So be it. We don't make a practice of that. 
But the children outside playing the Lord's Day and the little heathen children across the street need a testimony of Jesus Christ more than anything else. But you see, we've established a rule. We've established the things of permission. We've established all these ideals. And yet, we won't do one thing to lift up our hands to help somebody else. God forbid. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? They might accuse him. And he said, by the way, that's why he said foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing they do gender strife. And we know that also that same strife with content in the form of contention comes with pride. And so they ask these foolish and unlearned questions. It's snaring to a man. It's snaring in the sense that they're looking for you to give the answer that they can trap you in your own words because they're not going to do one thing to help somebody else. And he said to them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep and have fallen to a pit on the Sabbath day? Will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? He says, not one of you that would do that. But yet you'll judge other people doing that. I had a preacher years ago, he asked me, he said, brother, he said, do you eat out on the Lord's day or do you prefer a meal at the church or at somebody's home? And I said, well, but the, re- the reality is if the ox is on the table, I'll eat it. But if there's no ox on the table, we have to go get one out of the ditch and eat. And so uh, he kind of got what I was saying there. And so we went out to eat at the restaurant. And that didn't bother me one bit. Didn't, I don't believe it offended God one bit. I don't think it hurt It hurt my relationship with God one bit. I don't think it hurt that pastor's relationship with God one bit. And then somebody says, well, those waitresses, they could be in the house of God if they weren't there waiting on you. Well, those waitresses could have been in the house of God anyway. A whole bunch of other people were. If they want to be in the house of God, they wouldn't work on the Lord's Day and they'd go to the house of God. It's pretty simple. They, they didn't want to be in the house of God before I came. They're not going to want to be in the house of God if I leave there. In fact, you might just want to leave a testimony and a witness in the form of a track or conversation that's becoming unto Jesus Christ, and therefore, that's the testimony that you leave behind. But see, all these things have snared us. All these things have just taken a hold on people, and they're looking for all these failures and all these faults. But if it's your sheep, are you going to lift it out? Are you going to criticize those that lift out their sheep while you get your own sheep out of the ditch? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? And these things, you have to wrestle. You have to work through these things. These things are things of your conscience, your walk with God. What are you going to do? Don't just take my word for it. What's the decision? There might have been those listening say, I would never, ever touch that six-pack of beer. Well, you better have a good prayer life then. You better just have a good prayer life. Make sure that when you ignore that, that obvious thing in front of you, you just go. Now, listen, I realize not one of us is ever going to be in that position. That's why I went so far out to use it. But you take those little personal things that are close to you. Those little things you hold so dear in religion, yet you cannot see afar off. You've been so blinded by those things that you can't see the souls of men. Have you considered the man? Is a man better than a sheep? Is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath? Then said he to the man, stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Now tomorrow we'll start the podcast and realize the Pharisees rose up against him because he healed on the Sabbath day. But they started because their idea was to snare him, to snare him in their own conceits, to snare him in their own sitting in judgment in the seat of Moses. Lord, will we be back on here tomorrow to close out our week on the podcast? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website 
or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.